Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. Arcseedkits.com. Today is November 4th, 2021, and our first story, Joe Biden's vaccine mandate has finally landed and will go into effect January 4th. Surprisingly, in the reporting, we're learning that OSHA is considering implementing vaccine mandates on all companies, regardless of size. That means if you have less than 100 employees, you could be hit as well. Ben Shapiro says his company is suing, and indeed, they already have. In our next story, after losing ridiculously in Virginia, Democrat activists are blaming white women. But guess what? Support for Black Lives Matter is now officially in the red. The nation in the plurality opposes critical race theory and Black Lives Matter. And in our last story, Kyle Rittenhouse appears to be winning in his trial so far, but something dirty may be occurring. Let's check it out. Before we get started, give us a good review and leave us five stars. Now, let's get into that first story. Joe Biden's vaccine edict has finally landed. Since the announcement, when Joe Biden said that all companies with at least 100 employees would have to implement a vaccine mandate, many people outright believed it was in effect. But the reality was it was just a press conference. There was no executive order. There was no rule. What Biden announced was that he instructed OSHA to implement a rule. Well, my friends, the rule has landed and businesses will have until January 4th to get into compliance. Now, Joe Biden doesn't have this authority. This is very clearly legislative. It needs to go through Congress. And even if it does, there's questions over whether or not Congress even has the power to say private businesses must mandate medical procedures. Now, the left has come out saying it's not really a vax mandate because you can just get a negative test. Just get a negative test as if poor working class people have the time to spend once a week to go out and get tested. It's not so easy. And for businesses that don't comply, it's a $14,000 fine per violation per person. That's really going to stack up if you've got an unvaccinated employee. The point is to coerce people into getting a medical procedure. But what about people who can't? What are you supposed to do? Well, if you can't, too bad. Get your weekly testing. And it also says in the new OSHA rule, you must wear masks. So it's a mask mandate as well. Well, a lot of people are angry, angry about this, notably Ben Shapiro, Jeremy Boring, and basically everybody at the Daily Wire. The Daily Wire has filed a lawsuit against the federal government over the vaccine mandate. They refuse to comply. And running the lawsuit for the Daily Wire is Harmeet Dillon. Many of you may be familiar. She does a fantastic job. And this just goes to show that people aren't going to take this lying down. The story gets bigger. 
According to Bloomberg and Reuters, it's not just about companies with at least 100 employees. When Biden first made the announcement, I came out and said, I will not comply. Many on the left said, well, you don't even have 100 employees anyway. So no, we have about 30, but it is true. We don't. But uh, I'm there in spirit with y'all, the Daily Wire, because the Daily Wire, Daily Wire isn't just suing. They also said they would not be mandating vaccines or negative testing. They're not going to play that game. Well, now we're learning that Joe Biden, his administration, is going to pursue vaccine mandates for all companies, regardless of size. What they're doing now is an interim rule that says by January 4th, if you have at least 100 employees, you must have a vaccine mandate. And for all companies under 100, they're going to wait for a public comment period. That's interesting. The public comment period is supposed to come regardless of what the rule is. So why bypass it with this interim vaccine mandate? They're calling it the interim rule and public comment period. I just think it's plainly obvious they are violating the Constitution. They are outright just this is their game. Joe Biden knows he'll lose. He will implement something. Then he'll force all the companies to get in line and then lose in court. But hey, lo and behold, people already underwent an irreversible medical procedure. Now, look, I think vaccines are great. I think the vaccine uh, does what it's marketed to do. I think my experience, as well as what I've read in the news, seems to line up. But I think it's your choice. I think it's none of my business. I think if you want to go to the doctor for a medical procedure that's between you and there are many people who can't get it, and thus, we shouldn't be doing it. And the left likes to say, but we've always done vaccine mandates wrong. The vaccine mandate they talk about, going back to the smallpox, is like early 1900s, 1905 ruling, was over whether or not you could be mandated to get a vaccine. And the, 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 the question in the lawsuit was whether or not they could issue a fine. The Supreme Court said yes. It was a $5 fine, equivalent to about 150 bucks. Nowhere did they say you could be denied public accommodation. So this is interesting. Let's read the official rule and what's happening, because it is substantially worse than y'all thought. The, the, the Democrats are trying to make the fines up to $700,000. And it's going to impact every company, regardless of size. That means you. That means you got a single member LLC. Congratulations. You are mandated to get vaccine, vaccinated, even if you are just the sole operator of the company. We're not there yet, but they say they're going to do it. So let's read this and then take a look at what's going on with Ben Shapiro's lawsuit. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com and become a member to help support my work and all of our journalists. Look at this. We got a ton of people who write every single day and these people got to eat. If you like the news that we're producing at TimCast.com, if you think we should do more and we should expand, become a member, help support our work, and you will also get an advertisement-free experience as well as all of our members-only content. We got new shows from The Cast Castle, The Green Room, Tales from the Inverted World, and of course, a massive library from the TimCast IRL podcast on hiatus until we all clear everything up here, so maybe Monday, but please support our work at TimCast.com. And don't forget to like this video, subscribe to this channel, share this with your friends. Now, this, this is very important news. Let's share it. Let's take a look at the story from Reuters. Biden's COVID-19 vaccine mandate for private sector workers to begin January 4th. They report President Joe Biden will enforce a federal mandate that workers at U.S. companies with at least 100 employees be vaccinated against COVID-19 or be tested weekly starting on January 4th. 
a reprieve to businesses facing labor shortages during the holiday season, U.S. officials said on Thursday. Now, there was fear that if they implemented this now, it would disrupt the holiday shopping season because nobody's going to want to work. Isn't it funny how Reuters frames it, though? Even Reuters recognizes, and all these businesses do, the vaccine mandate will result in worker shortages. Interesting, isn't it? Biden's separate vaccine requirements for federal workers has been delayed a month to January 4th, officials added, while millions of workers in healthcare facilities and nursing homes participating in the Medicare and Medicaid government healthcare programs will need to get their shots by the same date. The, the action on the private sector vaccinations is taken under U.S. OSHA emergency authority over workplace safety, officials said. The mandate applies to 84.2 million workers at 1.9 million private sector employers. Another 18.5 million workers for those employers are exempt because they either work remotely or outside all the time, OSHA said. Now, that's really, really interesting. It's not about working remote. The actual OSHA exemption is for no contact, which if you want to get really specific, what does that mean? No touching? It doesn't say working remotely or from home. It says if you're not making contact related to work, in which case sounds like there could be people who work at a place of business where they never touch or get too close to each other and they don't got to get vaccinated. It's weird. But I'll read those exemptions for you in a second. Quote, while I would have much preferred that requirements not become necessary, too many people remain unvaccinated for us to get out of this pandemic for good. So I instituted requirements and they are working, Biden said in a statement. No, they're working in much the same way that pointing a, a gun or a knife at somebody works, but they're not making people happy with you. And maybe that's the point. Joe Biden, they knew was going to be a one term president, have him come in and do the most unpopular things imaginable, and then he gets voted out. But then people are already vaccinated. Isn't that how it works? Isn't that how it'll go, right? Once you're vaccinated, you're vaccinated. There are a lot of people who feel coerced into doing it. They don't want to do it. But once they've convinced you to do it, then they can walk away. That is the nightmare dystopian scenario that we're experiencing, that Joe Biden knows he can mandate something, even though it's illegal, get you to do it. And then when he loses in court and the judges side with you too late, they already force you to do it. And you could never rewind that clock. They say OSHA estimates that 31.7 million covered uh, of covered workers are unvaccinated and 60 percent of employers will require vaccinations up from 25% today, resulting in another 22.7 million employees getting vaccinated. Well, it won't be happening here. The administration's various vaccine rules cover 100 million employees, about two thirds of the U.S. workforce. The White House said OSHA will consider during a 30 day public comment. Uh, this, OK, OK, I got to stop and start over. This is the most important part. OSHA will consider during a 30 day public comment on the private sector rule expanding the mandate to cover businesses with fewer than 100 workers, official says. Now, that's that that should be the headline, shouldn't it? This should be the major breaking news across the board everywhere. If you thought being a smaller company with you know less than 100 employees is going to save you wrong. There's a viral video where a guy said that he had like 130 something employees. So he decided to fire all of the employees who were vaccinated. That way he didn't need a vaccine mandate. Now he has 99 employees. Too bad, apparently. They're saying over the next 30 days, they're going to consider expanding it to basically all companies. Single member LLC. Too bad. Have you seen the price of gold lately? 
It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. A lot of people as individuals will create an LLC, a private company, to operate their business under, even though they're the only employee and they're the sole owner. I guess theoretically, you could not be an employee. I don't know how it works legally. But if you are the one person at this company, well, there you go. I suppose then you'll just have to be a sole proprietorship because then you don't count as an employee. Honestly, I have no idea how that would work. But this is it. Two, three employees, small, tiny company, lemonade stand. Better mandate those vaccines. They go to say the private sector mandate is likely to trigger legal challenges. It already has with Ben Shapiro and the Daily Wire. And a legal battle hinging upon the rarely used law in which the action was based and questions over the constitutional limits of federal power and authority over healthcare practices. The U.S. Chamber of Com- Commerce, the nation's largest business lobbying group, said the administration made some significant adjustments in the rule that reflect concerns raised by the business community. Other industry groups voiced concern. The Retail Industry Leaders Association said the 60-day implementation timeline is insufficient and that it wanted 90 days. It falls short of the 75. You see what they do here? What, what losers? Well, well, we'll give us at least 90 days. That's why I kept saying the natural immunity argument is the wrong argument. You know, Rand Paul comes out and he was like, they should consider natural immunity. And I'm like, no, they shouldn't because there shouldn't be mandates. Period. But this is what you get. This is wrong. It shouldn't be over 75 days. It should be 90 days. That's how they manipulate. They'll say something like we're doing vaccine mandates. Then they'll say, OK, OK, fine. You win. It's also a testing requirement instead if you don't want to get it. And then what are the Democrats, the left, the, the progressives all say? It's not a vaccine mandate. You could just choose to get tested once a week because poor working class people have all the time in the world when they're trying to watch and raise their kids and work to take time off to go to a testing facility and get a proper test. Unless they accept those weird garbage tests from the grocery store that barely work. Sure, I guess. If that's the requirement, then may as well not have one. They say some of the nation's largest unions, such as the United Auto Workers, said they'll review the rule to determine how it affects current workplace protocols. The 490-page regulation is known as 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 an emergency temporary standard. Senate Republicans said they would try to repeal it using a law known as the Congressional Review Act. The administration wouldn't move forward unless they thought that they could defend it legally. I think the constitutional challenges are all going to fail, said Donald Verrilli, U.S. Solicitor General during Obama's administration. I disagree. I think they know they're going to lose 
They have to say this. Remember when Biden did it? You know, he did the eviction moratorium and he was like, well, it's probably not constitutional, but, you know, we'll get it through and then uh, we'll get a month and then they'll then they'll, the courts will strike us down. Yeah, they're not going to make the mistake again. No, 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 no. Now they're going to come out and be like, no, 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 it's all legal. And then when they lose, go, you know, at least we forced everyone to get a medical procedure. And there it is. But Ben Shapiro has already announced they're fighting back. In a tweet, he said, we will fight this authoritarian BS. We have already filed a federal lawsuit this morning. Now, to be fair, you know, it's the Daily Wire filing a lawsuit, which is Ben Shapiro's company, among other individuals involved. I just felt Ben Shapiro has better branding than the Daily Wire. So, you know, explaining that Ben Shapiro announced he's suing, I thought made a bit more was easier to understand. But in actuality, the technical legal term in in the technical legal sense, it is the Daily Wire, a Ben Shapiro company. Here's the story from the Daily Wire. They said the Daily Wire filed a lawsuit against the federal government on Thursday over President Joe Biden's order mandating that large employers must require their employees to be vaccinated against COVID-19 or submit to regular testing. The Dillon Law Group and and Alliance Defending Freedom filed the legal challenge on behalf of the Daily Wire in the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Sixth Circuit. The mandate requires all private employers of 100 or more employees to force unvaccinated employees to receive a COVID-19 vaccine, be subject to weekly testing, or lose their job. Attorneys for the Daily Wire will also file an emergency motion to stay the mandate. The Daily Wire will not comply with President Biden's tyrannical vaccine mandate, And we are suing the Biden administration to put a stop to their gross overreach, said Daily Wire co-founder and co-CEO Jeremy Boring. President Biden, the federal government, social media and the establishment media have conspired to rob Americans of their freedom in the name of public health. They have broken faith with the American people through conflicting messaging, false information and by suppressing data and perspectives with which they disagree. The lawsuit alleges the Biden administration lacks constitutional and statutory authority to issue the employer mandate, and that mandate failed to meet the requirements for issuing a rule taking effect immediately without the normal process of considering public comments. The federal government lacks the legal authority to compel private employers to play the role of vaccine or COVID police, lack the police power to force private employees to undergo medical treatment and may not ignore constitutional limits on its ability to regulate every aspect of our lives, said Dillon Law Group's partner, Harmeet K. Dillon. The Biden administration's attempt to impose this unprecedented and unlawful federal medical mandate on the U.S. workforce without considering the public's views is arbitrary, capricious, unsupported by the evidence, and would produce a willfully ignorant rule. The lawsuit takes no position on any COVID-19 vaccine or whether any person should make the personal decision whether to receive it. The Daily Wire has employees who have who have received COVID-19 vaccine and those who have not. And I'll say the same thing for Timcast. We may not be nearly as big. We have many employees who are vaccinated. We have many employees who are not. That's their business, not ours. You know what? Sometimes people get sick. And to put it simply, if you get sick, don't show up to work. At least not here. Maybe you work for somebody who wants to get sick. I don't. It's that simple. We keep COVID out of the place by telling people not to come sick if they know they're sick. But guess what? We all got sick because sometimes these things happen. And that's reality. Quote, The Biden administration's decision to mandate vaccines through an OSHA rule is unlawful and compels businesses like the Daily Wire to intrude on their employees' personal health decisions, said ADF senior counsel Ryan Bangert. 
The government has no authority to unilaterally declare that employees are workplace hazards or to compel employers to become vaccine commissars. Nice choice of words. And we're asking the Sixth Circuit to put a stop to it immediately. The Daily Wire put out a press release which says, as the motion for stay filed with the Sixth Circuit Court, uh, Sixth Circuit will argue, the federal government has no power under the Constitution to force half the U.S. private sector workforce, 80 million workers or more, to be vaccinated against their will or endure repeated medical testing as a condition of simply earning a living. Nor is OSHA empowered to compel employers to enforce this government diktat or face punishing fines. Yet the OSHA mandate would do just that. Even if it had such power, Congress did not delegate it to OSHA, which is overtly trying to ram this unconstitutional, extra statutory and unprecedented mandate into immediate effect through emergency rulemaking to avoid public comment in violation of the Administrative Procedure Act. Forced to invade employees' medical choices or histories and their religious beliefs in connection with the condition of employment, employment, the Daily Wire risks being trapped between its obligations under the mandate and the prohibitions against discrimination under the Americans with Disabilities Act and the Civil Rights Act of 1964, as well as the burdens of laws regulating the possession of private information. The mandate is unconstitutional because the Constitution does not grant Congress, much less OSHA, the general police powers needed to mandate vaccination and virus testing as a condition of private employment or to deputize employers to enforce that mandate on its behalf. And they go on to mention, as they, mo- as they always do in their articles, that the Daily Wire is one of America's fastest growing conservative media companies and countercultural outlets for news opinion and, entertain- and entertainment. And then they encourage you to become members. And I'll say this, as I always do, become a member at TimCast.com to support our work. But now more than ever, let's support the Daily Wire in their legal battle against this unconstitutional edict from Joe Biden. So if you guys can support the Daily Wire, you absolutely should. That being said, the Daily Wire is a massive, massive company of tremendous success. And I wish them the best. They are better suited than anybody else to be filing these lawsuits. And I honestly think they're going to win. We are incredibly fortunate, in my opinion, that uh, Ben and, and Jeremy and, and, and the crew of the Daily Wire do the work that they do and have expanded their company to the point that they did so they can stand up for freedom. So with absolute respect, if you guys, you want to support the Daily Wire, I strongly encourage it. They're fighting the good fight right now. And that is absolutely amazing. There's news, however, in the periphery here. Take a look at this. Missouri Attorney General planning lawsuit over Biden vaccine mandate. We have this story from WIS-TV. It's the beginning. Employment lawyer says more lawsuits likely to follow states' challenges to federal vaccine mandate. Now, that story is from November 1st. This story from The Hill is from today. We have many different states stepping up saying they are going to sue. You can't do this. I'll tell you what this feels like. Country's falling apart. You know, when I was going through the COVID stuff, talking to the doctors and just being shocked by what, you know, uh, what I was what I was hearing. And even now, looking at how the left has responded to me getting treatment from a doctor, they're like, who, who is this unnamed private doctor? It's a local office. And you call the doctor. What do they think is going on? There's like an underground mole network of mole doctors. These people are nuts. I called the doctor. I was like, hey, doc. And I even said I didn't want the ivermectin. They said, we want it. We're prescribing you the kitchen sink and you need to take it. And then even later, I was like, I don't know. And they're like, you have to take it. You have. And I was like, OK, all right. You know, I get it. 
These people, they live in crackpot Wally world. Okay, if a doctor tells you to do something, what am I supposed to do? It's the craziest thing when we're talking about vaccine mandates. And, And I have people who work for me who are unable to get the vaccine. It's just a reality of certain medical conditions and their doctor's advice. They got to follow it, right? Yet they would they would have you, the establishment shills, ignore your own doctors and follow the collective narrative advice, which is insane. And that's where we are. Seeing all of that, I'm just like, this country is falling apart. Because right now we've got people on the left who are like, force everyone in West Virginia. Well, it's, 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 it's sparsely populated. It makes no sense. Your rules make no sense. Now they're complaining. They complain about guns. We cannot be a country where California uses the power of the federal government to mandate that Nebraska engage in certain activities or ban certain things. There's a reason why states have the ability to pass their own laws. But we've increasingly over the past several decades, the past hundred years plus, I mean, the history of this country has increasingly given more power to the federal government to dictate what the states can do. Within certain reason, it's a good thing, right? Civil rights, good thing. Ending slavery and a war to do it, really good thing. But just because some things may be good doesn't mean the government, the federal government should always have the ability to do this, because if you lose respect for those boundaries, you get another civil war. Now, you take a look at slavery in the Civil War and you say something you'll notice something really simple. That one makes sense. Like people are not property, the Constitution, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, individuals, all, 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 all men created equal, all that stuff. Yeah, that includes the people that the, the founders of this country thought they had a right to enslave. And I don't mean every single one of them, although many of them did have slaves. Some of them never did. Some of them completely opposed it. And even some of the ones who did still no excusing a horrible, horrible practice. Now we criticize it. And then we take a look at what happened. Well, the, the nation was breaking apart. And it wasn't just about slavery that we fought a civil war, but it was a, it was the catalyst. And so what ends up happening then is you have people who are willing to die to end slavery. And a war was fought. A war was fought and a war was won. And that was the end of slavery. And that was a good thing. Now we have a disparate bucket of varying policy positions and laws that the left wants to implement that no single one makes sense. And they're going to implement it over people who are not consenting. If we are a country that says consent of the governed, then we can't live this way. Well, Missouri Attorney General is planning their lawsuit. But let me let me show you a bit more about what's going on and the negative consequences. Take a look at this. Phil Kirpin says effective date January 4th, not mentioned anywhere in the fact sheet and end date. Just confirmed Biden's 900 percent increase in OSHA fines. Look at this. They want to strike 70,000 and insert 700,000, strike 5,000, insert 50,000. These are OSHA fines. I think I actually have it pulled up right here. Adjustment to civil penalties. Occupational Safety and Health Act of 1970. They want to amend 70 to 700,000. Now, I don't think that means your violation would be that. I think they're talking about changing caps. But many people are saying that the initial reporting was that this would be the new fine. If you do not follow the new mandates, 
they will fine you $700,000 per willful violation. Right now, a willful violation is 140000 That means Ben Shapiro and the Daily Wire, when they say they're not going to enforce this, those are willful violations, in which case they would be on the hook come January 4th, $140,000 per person. Think about that. Let's say you have 100 employees. Whoa, 100 employees? $140,000 per employee. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Holy smokes. That's a lot of money per, per, uh, for, for, your, for your company, and that's per violation. So that means if you if the Daily Wire, and they've got, like, I think, like 150. So we're looking at what, what, what are they going to have, like 20, 20 some, $26 million in fines on day one? But what happens on day two? What happens when the employees come in on day two? It's just going to keep racking up. And then what happens if they don't win? I certainly think they will, though. I certainly think they will. Interestingly, however, there's always this defense. One section of the of the new rule says employees who report to workplaces where no other people are present face no grave danger from occupational exposure to COVID-19 because such exposure requires the presence of other people. For those who work from their homes or from workplaces where no other people are present, the chances of being exposed through work activity are negligible. Therefore, this work is interesting. OSHA is exempting those workers who do not come into contact with others for work purposes from its grave danger finding, as well as the scope of the ETS. They didn't say if you stay home. They didn't say remote working. They say not come into contact. Well, on the surface, I can say, what does contact mean? Contact literally is defined as touch, coming into contact. And many people have said, no, no, you know, face to face could be contact or something like that. It's like, okay. So then people can come into work without a test, without a mandate, without a vaccine, so long as they don't talk to each other or touch each other. All right. You want to play dirty games, dirty games shall be played. But I will say this. If they come out with that rule for companies with fewer than 100 employees, I will also not comply. And I will immediately join any and all lawsuits that I can for my company to say no to mandates. I'll tell you why. We have employees who can't get mandated, who can't, I'm sorry, who can't get vaccinated. Their doctors told them they couldn't do it. It happens. 
Pete Parada of The Offspring. Formerly, he has Guillain-Barre syndrome, so he was unable to do it. That's a reality. Doctors can say no, right? So then what am I supposed to do? Okay, well, now you've got to get a weekly test. No, I'm not going to tell someone with a medical condition that they're a lesser person and they have to undergo a procedure that someone else doesn't. That would get me in trouble with the ADA. That's exactly what the Daily Wire is saying. You can't have it both ways. That's what they're trying to do. So where are we headed from this? Oh, you know, I think it's going to get real dark real soon. Interestingly, the new the, the new mayor uh, of New York, Eric Adams, says he wants to revisit the vaccine mandates. We need to revisit how we're going to address the vaccine mandates, he said on MSNBC, because people were protesting. We'll see. I'll tell you what's going to happen. Tom Bevan tweets, I'm told Biden vax mandate for private sector does not include carve outs for truckers. So all the biggest trucking companies in America who already face major driver shortages will see a percentage of their workforce quit. Supply chain crisis is going to get much worse. Remember when I was shouting out uh, safeandreadymeals.com? Man, Tom Bevan says more, uh, more, more, one, a uh, more, one, a large percentage of truckers are not vaxxed. The very nature of the job is iconoclastic. They spend most of their day alone in the cab of a truck, having very little interaction with other people. This may fall under the OSHA uh, exemption, perhaps. He says more, too. So they are much lower risk for transmission than, say, office workers or healthcare workers. But there is no group in America that is more vital to the function of the economy. If they stop driving, everything stops. All right. Perhaps they'll argue that because they work remotely and outside and don't come into contact with other employees, they are actually exempt. Joe Biden is trying to mandate this in such a way that all resistance is pulled away. That means that without if, if truckers protest, the vaccine mandate falls apart. So I'm willing to bet they're going to say they're going to give an exemption to truckers to prevent something like that from happening. That way they can force as many people to get the vaccine and then go, OK, you win. Yeah, that's how they'll play it. I want to give a shout out to Florida. Let's talk about what, how Florida's handling this. Florida, uh, Florida Health COVID 19.gov. That's the website. What a terrible URL. Monoclonal antibody treatment uh, treatment therapy is widely available in Florida. They say uh, MAB for COVID-19 can prevent severe illness, hospitalization, and death. You're eligible if you have been exposed or have COVID-19 and you're at high risk for severe, severe illness. Treatment is free and your vaccination status doesn't matter. What Florida is doing is incredible. Absolutely incredible. And so there's, there's a map. This guy tweeted, he's like, I don't understand why southern states have such low incidences of COVID. Well, could it be that in Florida, they're giving away monoclonal antibodies for free, which is helping? Monoclonal antibodies are the Regeneron therapy, and it is uh, emergency use authorization. Ron DeSantis has been securing this for the people of Florida in large doses. And the stuff works. It does. It's not a cure. Uh, you know, so I got treated with monoclonal antibodies and, um, it, it reduces the severity of symptoms. It's a therapy. It basically, um, it, it I, I will say this, like I was in having very severe symptoms and then a day t- within 12 hours, I felt totally fine, completely fine. It's still sick, right? And so this is something important that can be done for people if they are sick. This is what Florida is doing. 
perhaps if we approached the problem the way Ron DeSantis did, the rest of this country would be fine. Perhaps it's time to say we need to remove Joe Biden from the presidency and get some real leadership in there. Maybe 2022 is a chance to move in that direction. Come 2024, maybe Ron DeSantis is the guy we need to help clean up the country. I guess we'll see how things play out. Well, no Timcast IRL tonight because we're on hiatus for the time being until everyone is, is, is totally healthy and fine and we clear and, you know, we just we're, we figured we'd just take a break. So with that being said, I suppose the next segment will be tomorrow at 10 a.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastnews. Thanks for hanging out and we'll see you all then. The only way the left is able to keep winning is by lying. And it's very obvious when you look at what happened in Virginia with critical race theory, Loudoun County schools, and the results of the election. People don't like the idea that their children are being taught things like you're evil based on your race and things as simple as that. They're not going to kids and saying, let me teach you the history of colonization and indigenous conflicts and things like that. They don't do that. They just say whiteness is bad. These kids end up going home telling their parents, And the parents say, this is nuts. You see, a good parent wants their kid to understand as much about the world as possible. And that means something like, hey, Christopher Columbus didn't discover America. He didn't. He landed in the Bahamas. And furthermore, there were already people here. Hey, that's like simple logic, right? And then you can talk about the history and the disputes. Christopher Columbus was, by some historians, considered to be a brutal dictator, an evil man. And some argue that's not necessarily true. In fact, I've had people argue to me, not true at all. A smart person and a good parent wants their kid to hear it all. But that's not what critical race praxis is. What they're doing is they're saying things that are completely out of touch with reality. And it's freaking parents out. We are now getting the backlash from the cult. You see, as I mentioned, in order to win, they have to lie. So what they're saying now is white parents don't want their kids to learn the truth. But we're not talking about truth. We're not talking about history. No one's bringing up Native Americans, Leif Erikson, Christopher Columbus. That's not what's being taught. What's being taught are books that show a a whiteness contract with a white arm, a white person's arm, and a devil tail saying that you will do these evil things if you sign on. There's a book, I I forget forget what it's called, but we had Asra Nomani on on IRL showing this, where the little girl is screaming, Mom, you're lying to me. White people are evil. I'm paraphrasing. She didn't really say white people are evil, but she's like, I know the truth. And there's a contract and it says whiteness contract. Yeah, teaching kids that on the basis of your race, you should be treated differently is wrong. Parents said enough. Interestingly, it was many white women, which brings us to the backlash from the cult. And before I show you these articles, I want to give a shout out to Christopher Rufo and James Lindsay, two of the most prominent voices pushing back against all of this. And of course, I mentioned Asra Nomani, who has shown all these books, collected them. And these people are insane. These critical race theorists, they, they, they argue things that make no sense. And it may, not, it may be unfair to say insane because they may be cold and calculating, knowing that they're lying and manipulating to disrupt and destroy. What they're effectively trying to do is rewind the clock on civil rights to bring us back to an era when segregation still existed. There is a, there's a photo I posted on Twitter, actually. I should have pulled it up where it's a bunch of activists who argued they think desegregation, the sign they hold up says this, 
is racist. They want, these activists want segregation. And the funny thing is, when I've been telling my friends this, because I have a lot of lefty friends, they're like, that's not true. No, that's not true. Now they're marching around with signs saying it. Take a look at this story from the Daily Beast. You damn Karens are killing America. Opinion. Oops, they, oops, they did it again. And then you can see what appears to be, it's a, a, a <laughs> these people are nuts. It is a blonde haircut. I don't know what haircuts are called. And it's a white woman dressed as the Statue of Liberty holding a green tiki torch. Amazing. Wait till you see this. But I, wanna, I, I don't want to bury the lead on this one because I know you guys, you saw the title. This is big news. Black Lives Matter is underwater. And there it is. The flip happened mid-October. Support went 44% support for Black Lives Matter, 43% opposition. And currently, we are now sitting at 44% opposition and 43% support. Following the results of the Virginia gubernatorial election, I decided to, to, uh, to take a look at Black Lives Matter support. I was surprised to find White women now oppose Black Lives Matter. That to me was actually surprising. We can see here in general, across all demographics, it is now 44% opposition. Black Lives Matter is now in the gutter. We also have this from Axios. Anti-CRT school board candidates are winning. Because what they're claiming, what the left claims they're teaching is a lie. It's remarkable when you see these tweets. Let me, let me, let me, let's just, just dive into this stuff. Take a look at this. From Fox News, Virginia Lieutenant Governor-elect Winsome Sears slams Jamel Hill after sports writer blames white supremacy for her win. This is Winsome Sears. She's a black woman. She was voted in by everyone, but also white people. White people voting for a black person. And here she is holding a, a, a weapon of some sort. I'm assuming it's an AR-15 of some, some type. And Jamel Hill says, it's not the messaging, folks. This country simply loves white supremacy. You see, this is the lie they have to try and push. Because there are a lot of lefty, well-to-do liberal types who don't know and don't care. And they hear in the media and they hear on TV that white supremacy is alive and well. And it works when it's a feared other like Donald Trump. When you have Republicans and, and they say, I don't like Republicans. I don't want to be right wing. Oh, right wing is evil. So they say they're all racist. They're all alt right. They're all far right. And then things start to get really weird because all of a sudden you end up with someone like me. Milk toast, fence sitter, middle of the road. I think the milk toast, fence sitter thing is funny. Personally, I was the one initially like someone commented it and then I started using it. The reality is I'm very staunchly pro-liberty and very pro 2A, so not particularly fence-sittery on, on, on those positions. People just say that because I don't support them. But no, I very much stand up for, for certain core values and principles. And then something interesting happens. When I say these people are lying, very simply, their only response is tell everyone he's right wing. Which gets really interesting because I know a lot of people who are like big fans of Joe Rogan who are also like, oh, but I don't like that Tim Pool. And I'm just like, I don't, people don't have to like me, I guess. But I find it very interesting because on many political issues, I'm actually more moderate than Joe. When Joe comes out and criticizes the establishment, he does so often to a further degree than I would. And there are some areas where I would, you know, be critical of the establishment. But the interesting thing is, Maybe people are finally starting to wake up to the realities of what the Democratic Party really represents. 
This is a black woman. I don't care that she's a black woman. I mean, I, I, I actually, uh, well, I, I take that back. I, I, I actually, I think diversity does matter. But this is the manipulation. Diversity matters in the sense that people of different perspectives can allow us to better understand the world and make better decisions. But when you have a homogenous worldview, it doesn't matter what you look like. That's not diversity. So I think it's great, you know, that we, we have more, you know, people of different backgrounds who can help create a robust worldview. But ultimately, what do I care about? Your values, your principles, and whether or not you're going to help make this country better and improve the lives of the people everywhere, really. I mean, the whole world. We want to improve the world, you know. But see, the people on the, uh, uh, in the Democratic Party are lying in order to gain power. Why? Well, they want to, the, the cult at the very least, it is a chaotic, destructive force. And this is what people need to understand. They seek only to destroy like fire. It just consumes and destroys. It preserves nothing, conserves nothing, and brings liberty to no one. And that's what I realized a long time ago. And I remember having this conversation with uh, someone in my family when they were like, all you do is rag on Democrats, Tim. When are you going to talk about the Republicans? And I'm just like, what do Republicans do? For real, what do Republicans do? I mean, we hear about them all day and night, right? We hear all day and night that Republicans are the white supremacy party. And I'm like, what have they done? Oh, I'm sorry. Nothing. They have no political power. They sit on their hands. It has been years with Republicans out of power. And what did they do when they were in power? Agreed with Democrats, sided against Trump, supported Russiagate. It's the uniparty. It's always been. But you see, when Donald Trump came in, establishment neocon shills joined the Democrats. Bill Kristol endorsed McAuliffe. You see how this works? The establishment is unified behind the Democrats. And the funny thing is, now my many of my friends and family have come around lately being like, what is wrong with the Democrats? I'm like, oh, you finally started paying attention, have you? Look what they are defending. This is, look at this story. Democrats aren't going to win over the majority of white women, and they need to stop trying and instead court the diverse coalition that can save the country from itself. Wajahat Ali. Mm -hmm. Depicting white women as tiki torch bearing statues of liberty is sure going to help them win. Let me, let, me, let me go back to the poll and show you what's going on. Here we have Black Lives Matter underwater, losing support. And let's go by race. Among white people in general, 53% oppose Black Lives Matter. Among black and African Amer or African American, 81% support. Hispanic and Latino, 56% support. And other, 49% support. I really don't like the other category because I think you need to separate Asians from whatever else the other is supposed to mean. And if it just means Asian, then maybe you should just create an Asian category. But sure, let's take a look at the white race and how they feel. Among de white Democrats, 86% support Black Lives Matter. 18 to 34-year-old white people support Black Lives Matter. But across the board, here is the opposition. It is massive. Take a look at this. White people, back in 2017, 51% opposed Black Lives Matter across the board. After the George Floyd incident, there was 43% support. And now we can see that it is, it has been increasing the opposition. Currently, 53% oppose Black Lives Matter, more so than four years ago. But here's what I'm really interested to see. 
Let's do female. Let's take a look at where white women are. This is where it gets interesting. You see, white women have long supported Black Lives Matter as opposed to men. Men over white men overwhelmingly opposed Black Lives Matter for a long time. So we can go back to 2018, and that's when white women started to support Black Lives Matter. After the George Floyd incident, 50% of white women supported Black Lives Matter. And we can then move down past Derek Chauvin, and we can see that it flipped. And currently, 46% opposition, 41% support. That is to say that because of white women, Black Lives Matter made the majority. The support did, uh, for the most part. This was a major supporting factor in Black Lives Matter becoming mainstream, white women. But because of critical race theory, because of the school board members, it is now inverting. These suburban white women are being credited with helping Youngkin win in Virginia. And it's not just there. Across the board, Republicans crushed Democrats. And it's because I think people are finally starting to wake up. They're finally starting to realize what critical race theory really means. And they'll lie. There's already an article saying Tucker Carlson doesn't know what it is. They've already done their media supercut on MSNBC where they try and lie, desperate to keep stupid people in check. And not just stupid people, but a lot of regular people who don't know better, who turn on MSNBC and just believe it. And there are a lot of YouTubers who do the same thing. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Policy is a different question. You know, you want to talk about taxes and foreign policy and things like that. I got my opinions for sure. You'll find that when it comes to social programs, social justice, and um, taxes, I'm typically center-left. But uh uh-oh, what's that when it comes to the culture war? I'm pro-freedom and truth. And that means they have to tell everyone I'm right-wing. Why? If a regular person who doesn't know anything about this, in fact, I'll tell you this. I recently was talking to someone, I I, I just, a person I had just met, and they were explaining to me that they were, if they had to pick, Democrat. And I said, well, if you watch my show, you probably don't like Democrats. And they were like, oh, well, you know, I don't like Republicans. And I was like, I don't like Republicans either. But Republicans don't do a whole lot. There's a small handful of Republicans who actually do things. Rand Paul. I call them the rhinos, the Republicans in name only. Why? Because they're actually more libertarian in their principle. The Republican Party is garbage. So it's not fair to lump them all in together, is it? And they're in the minority. But this person just didn't understand. And then when we got to talking and they talked about the economy being bad, they talked about the endless booster shots. They said inflation is through the roof. Everything's costing me more money. I'm extremely unhappy. And I said, have you thought about why that is? Have you thought about who's in power? Have you thought about the repercussions? Are you concerned about gas prices? Yes. Okay. Joe Biden shut down Keystone Pipeline, sparking rampant speculation that this oil supply would be diminished. 
Speculators started buying up oil like crazy, driving the prices up, causing a ripple effect. Not only that, but he banned fracking on public lands. These things had a negative impact on the working class. Now, you'll get USA Today and all these other fact checkers saying Joe Biden's policies are not causing a rise in gas prices. It's just demand. Well, why is there such demand? Because Joe Biden's policies created a fear that we will not be able to reach supply in the future. (laughs) It's all interconnected. Now, if these people were paying attention, they'd understand that, but they don't. And it's not necessarily their fault. These are good people. And that's why it's important to lie about someone like me. That's why it's important to say that even though I'm like, "Ah, I like environmental regulations, I do. Even if it does mean gas prices might be up a little bit. It's a tough call. It is. But I don't think, I think humans are contributing to the destruction of this planet. I think that involves climate change and a whole bunch of other negative, uh, negative environmental impacts, colony collapse disorder, windshield phenomenon, dead zones in the ocean, the garbage patches. But is that really a left or right wing thing? Apparently it is. But so they'll have to say, don't listen to Tim Pool. He's far right. He's a grifter. Then you poison the well. And you'll get, there was one guy, he was a, a, a YouTuber, he did gaming stuff. And he was like, I don't know, I don't listen to Tim Pool because he's right wing. And, I, and then all of a sudden people were like, how is he right wing? And he's like, I don't know, I just, you look, he's like complaining about Democrats. And it's like, could it be that that's just the truth? Yeah, it could be. But that's the challenge. There are some people that try and, you know, play that uh, middle of the road game where they're like, well, Democrats aren't so bad. Hoping that it'll open the door. The reality is we have an establishment that is going to lie, cheat and steal in order to gain power. And that's why they're so angry right now. They are recoiling in horror. They are saying that a black woman winning the lieutenant governorship is white supremacy. Then you'll end up with, you know, I've got a lot of doofy Hollywood friends who don't know, don't care and just say, got to fit in. If if the, the establishment says it's true, then it's true because that's how I make my bread and butter. And I'm like, well, then you're a dirty, awful person. Oh, can't risk my career. Sorry. This is the problem. They're going after white women because white women are finally starting to realize what what critical race theory means. After a decade of people like Carl Benjamin and uh, many other, you know, he was one of the original Gamergate people. But after a decade of this fight, the, the, the things that we've all been saying is finally starting to reach these moms when they're like, why is this happening? Well, I'll tell you what. These moms weren't watching YouTube. They weren't paying attention to what we had to say. They started paying attention to their kids. We, I also, we also owe a great deal of credit to Christopher Rufo, James Lindsay, uh, Peter Bogosian, and uh, Helen Pluckrose, the Sokol Squared individuals, and, uh, and those who have been pushing back uh, at the academic level in, in, in you know, using these terms and organizing and things like that. Uh, I, be- I believe it was Matt Walsh who went down to Loudoun and, and you know, gave a pro- he, he made a speech, and he's been to these schools. All of this stuff has had a profound impact. But really, I'm not sure anyone really deserves credit. Now, let me explain. I believe it was inevitable. That's what Steve Bannon told me. He said, when these parents see what their schools are doing to their kids, they will, they will revolt. And he was correct. And boy, do I love to say it. I say it I'll say it as many times as I can when we talk about these subjects. That's right. There is a, a, a video of a woman And she said her six-year-old daughter asked her if she was evil for being born white. And she was shocked that that she had to explain to her daughter her daughter was not evil. But this is what they're teaching in schools. So they're telling kids. Now we have have more breaking news. 
We have uh, San Francisco is going to be mandating vaccines for people, uh, for kids, I, I believe five to 11 years old. Now, I think ultimately you got to talk to your doctor about what makes sense for you. That's what I did. And, you know, everyone's always like, Tim, you know, my doctor is bad or, you know, oh, I'll well, I'll tell you what, like if I was able to find a doctor and I'm not going to say it was easy or anything like that, you can find a doctor who will take your health seriously and, will, you know, who will, who will do right by you or whatever. Find a doctor. And I think it really, it, it's interesting. If you live in these big cities and you're unwilling to recognize what's happening, if you're unwilling to stand up for your kid's future and what you believe in, you will lose. You absolutely will lose. But here's what changed. In Loudoun County, these parents stopped ignoring the problem. And they said, it is now affecting my kids. Now, truth be told, if the parents stood up before, if the parents came out and voted against these school board members, we might not be here. If the Democrats rejected the cult, they might not be here either. The problem is not every Democrat supports the cult, but, every, but I would say almost every Democrat is unwilling to challenge it as they seep into the party and take over. And we talked about this years ago with like the rise of AOC. I said the Democrats are slowly embracing wokeness and it will be their downfall. And now we're hearing that following the crushing defeat in an off cycle year of Democrats across the board, you hear the story about the truck driver in New Jersey spent 150 bucks to campaign. And I don't know if he won, but he's like neck and neck. People are voting for this guy over the Democrat. Democrats are now apparently going to be retiring. Nancy Pelosi might even be retiring. And the best they can come up with is it's white women's fault. And, and, and it's white supremacy. Oh, please just keep saying it. Just keep saying it over and over and over again. Because you're going to lose. There was a poll, I think uh, it was MSNBC was talking about it, how when asked who would do better on these issues, Democrats or Republicans, across the board, American voters said Republicans would do a better job, which means come 2022, we may see a Republican supermajority. If the Democrats want to keep embracing psychosis, if they think that Joe Biden is the appropriate measure they are in, they're, they're doomed. The bill comes due always. So here's what I see, I see happening. Oh, man. They bet on Joe Biden, not because he was a good leader, but because he wasn't Donald Trump. They've now gotten themselves the most soggy, lame presidency they could have ever hoped for. But at least it's not Trump. Now, the economy is bad. There's that video I showed the other day, the, the uh, Latino guy saying Joe Biden turned me into a Republican because he's just doing such a bad job. And now you have the Democrats in Congress can't get anything done. You've got the radicals on one side screaming and pounding on the doors. And then you have only two moderates left, Manchin and Cinema. So regular people are like, I don't know what that is. And so what's happening? They're not white supremacists. They're moderates. And they're voting Republican instead, because what have I said? The Republicans are actually closer to where I am as a moderate than the, than the Democrats are. Spend, 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 spend. No, stop. Are you nuts? They don't represent the working class. They don't represent diverse America. They represent people who don't pay attention. Because when people start paying attention, they say enough, as evidenced by the polling on Black Lives Matter. So what are we going to get? Look, 
We're still a year away from any meaningful election, and who knows what could happen in a year. Democrats could turn this around. So if Republicans get complacent and start cheering and jumping up and down saying we won an off-cycle year, then Democrats are going to win. And I'll say it again. Democrats are going to win. However, if Republicans stay on their, hold the center, keep up this footing, push back against this, and Democrats are unwilling to concede that this ideology is psychotic, then they'll lose. But we'll see. In the meantime, they can just keep blaming the white women. All right. Well, I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. It seems that Kyle Rittenhouse is actually winning. Now, I'm surprised. Uh, I'd been saying for a long time that I felt that the jurors were going to be too weak and maybe that will still be the case. I didn't trust the judge to do the right thing. That is absolutely wrong. People are saying this judge is very based. And based on the way things are going in this trial, it really does seem like the prosecution has no case and only did this out of fear. And so we have a couple days of analysis from Andrew Branca. He's a great legal mind. He writes for Legal Insurrection, and we followed his coverage and his opinions pertaining to Derek Chauvin. Now, I respect his opinion. Ultimately, he said, I believe, I could be wrong. Uh, he said that Chauvin should have gotten uh, acquitted, but ultimately Chauvin was convicted. Why? Well, this is why I said I thought Kyle Rittenhouse was going to get life in prison, and I've said a lot, but I'm changing my mind. I figure that people are going to cave like cowards because people, uh, well, look, let's just be real. People on the right tend to be cowards. They might be smarter, you know, some people on the right than many on the left. But at least people on the left have that emotion behind them. Yeah, I know. Yep, that's just reality. You get a bunch of conservative thinkers. They're smart. They're analytical. They check their facts. Great but they don't have the rage behind them. And many of the people on the right are more than willing to back away and not stand up for what needs to be stood for. Case in point, there was apparently a juror during juror selection who said that they would not be impartial because they believe in the Second Amendment. Wow. When I saw that, I'm just like, the right deserves to lose. I mean, look, it might not be good, it might not be correct or just, but if you are a collection of people who say, I will not stand for myself, <laughs> then you deserve to lose. It's like all the people who kept saying to me, I will not stand up for my children because then I put their food at risk. And now we're in like hyperinflation, food shortages. <laughs> how, how is that working out for you? But I get it. It's not easy. I just don't expect life to be easy. Let me tell you about what's going on with some. Of, we, we've got excellent breakdown here from uh, from Andrew Bronco, as I mentioned, over at Legal Insurrection. But uh, I, I genuinely believe so far it looks like Rittenhouse is absolutely winning. And there's some really interesting points brought up by uh, uh, Andrew Bronco. Now, first, we have two stories here. Uh, testimony day one. Defense dominates opening statements and first witness testimony. This is huge news as to why already just to start the prosecution in the Rittenhouse case is freaking out. And then we have this Rittenhouse trial day two. Prosecution witnesses still fail to contradict self-defense. So let me give you the, the, the elevator pitch real quick, and then we'll talk about what's going on culturally and how this will, will impact everybody. 
What we have is in the opening statements, the prosecution gave emotive, uh, an emotive speech. Oh, these people and that people and, you know, all this and all that. Okay. For the defense, they said it was self-defense and here's evidence. Now, the prosecution apparently was like, whoa, 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 your honor, I didn't use any exhibits. They shouldn't be allowed to. And the judge was like, what? That's ridiculous. If they want to have an opening statement where they show the snippets of the evidence, the exhibits, then so be it. In which case, what ended up happening was in the opening statements, the state came out and just said, we feel, we feel, we feel. And the defense said, here's video evidence proving self-defense. I was impressed. Now, as for day two, it appears that, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll read into the analysis, but there's an interesting point brought up by Bronca that it seems, it seems like the police and the state may have been planning to throw this from the get-go, which would make this either malicious or an unjust prosecution. The city is trying to save itself from riots. So they put Kyle Rittenhouse on trial, knowing full well this will not go anywhere. We'll talk about that. But I want to start with this scumbag, Dominic Black. This, my friends, should be in the dictionary next to coward, spineless, pathetic loser. I was so offended watching Dominic Black's testimony. I feel this dude should get locked up for the max 12 years. I hope the state throws the book at this guy. Let me explain. Meet Dominic Black. He said Cal Rittenhouse was his brother. They were brothers. Not really, just really good friends. Dominic Black provided the AR-15 to Kyle Rittenhouse. Now he's saying, well, uh, he stole it. He stole it from my, from my dad. This is a piece of garbage. This guy is a piece of garbage. Dominic, you're trash. And I hope you go to prison for a long time. You don't deserve the support of anybody. After what I heard, let me tell you. Here's the story. Dominic and Rittenhouse go to his house. They go into the basement and they get some rifles. They leave. Sounds a whole lot like Dominic Black was the one who said, Kyle, here's a weapon. Why he had one to protect himself with, and he let Kyle take one as well. Now he's being charged with providing the weapon to Kyle Rittenhouse. He testified that, that Kyle stole it, that he took it without his permission. Though on cross-examination, the defense said, did you object? Did you say anything? And he said, no. And as it turns out, what may be one of the most disgusting and despicable things we've heard so far from someone who claims to be a friend, from someone who's supposed to be an upstanding member of his community, standing up for what he believes in. We learned. The defense asked. You have agreed to testify because you are hoping the prosecutor will not send you to prison if you testify against Kyle. And Dominic was like, that is correct. And now I think y'all agree with me, right? I'm, I will not, I will not tolerate that kind of spineless, sniveling, pathetic behavior. Now, look, I don't know these guys. I don't live there. So it's just my opinion. But think about your willingness to sell out your brother 
out of a fear of the state sending you to prison. What have we become? I mean, I, I grew up thinking that we were a country of people who would, who would you know, man, Steve Rogers, Marvel movies, not real life, I know, but still something to aspire to be. That scene when Tommy Lee Jones pulls the, the pin and the fake grenade and throws it, and then everyone runs away and Steve Rogers jumps on it and says, get away, thinking that he would jump on this and save everybody. It was an amazing scene. That's the kind of stuff that inspires me. And unfortunately, it's just not real life. When, uh, what was the doctor's name? Erkson or whatever. And he's like, we need someone of good moral character. And the, and the you know, Tommy Lee's like, no, we need someone strong. And he pulls it and throws it. And Steve Rogers jumps on the grenade. We write stories like that because we're inspired by sacrifice, by someone willing to say, I will not send someone else to the gulag in my stead. And I will not back off from my principles. What do we get with this guy? So he gives Kyle Rittenhouse a gun. And then when the state is like, that was illegal, he goes, I'll do anything, please. Throw Kyle in prison, not me. He's the one who had the gun. What a pathetic piece of garbage. Really amazing stuff. Now they go on. Uh, let, me, let, me, let me jump through this real quick. Uh, Branca writes about how they, uh, the defense argues jury instruction on recklessness. There's some interesting things there. The, the defense was telling the judge that if Kyle Rittenhouse was acting in self-defense, then the recklessness charge should not, ex- like, should not exist. Like it should not be considered. Basically, if the jury determines self-defense is true, then reckless disregard should not apply. The judge disagreed. And the judge said, and I disagree with the judge, but here's what the judge said. If someone's attacking you and you're in fear for your life, so you draw your weapon and aim it at this man, but behind him are four children, you are creating it, that is reckless endangerment. You are creating a harm for the people behind him. And I think from a very logical point of view, that is absolutely correct. But I also think that it's hard to fault someone criminally because someone in front of them is threatening their life. How are you supposed to, in, in the heat of the moment, when someone's chasing after you and trying to grab your weapon, you turn around a split second, you have no time to assess anything other than the guy's lunging at you and you fire, and now you're in trouble because other people were around as well? I do get the judge's point. I really do. You can't just fire willy-nilly. And so his point ultimately was the jury will decide that. And, and so I, I, I get it. I get it. I, I understand ultimately. He goes on to say he, uh, the, the judge has instructed the jury on criminal charges. ADA uh, Binger presents, or Binger, whatever pronounce it, uh, the, the opening case. And then we had this big argument about, uh, you know, using um, evidence and exhibits in the, the uh, opening statements. Now we get to Dominic Black, the guy I just ragged on for several minutes. They say, on cross-examination, attorney Richards had Black concede that he was currently being charged with two counts of having provided Kyle with the rifle, that each count was good for six years if convicted, and that it was ADA Binger himself who had charged and was prosecuting Black. Further, although Black's trial had been set for some months ago, Binger had arranged for the trial to be delayed until after Black had testified against Kyle. He also had Black concede that he certainly hoped Binger would go easy on him in his own case, given his testimony in his trial. Although both Black and the state would deny that any deals had been made, the coercion present was palpable. 
On the issue of the supposed plans by Kyle to flee, that was, you know, okay, so that's another issue. Think about that. Think about the kind of person that would say, this person is my brother. I want them to be safe during riots. Here's a weapon. And then when the state comes here, they go, throw him, throw him in, the, in, the, in the gulag. I'll do anything you say. I'd give him the middle finger. I would give him the middle. I'd say, you want to come after me? You want to come after me? Fine, I'll tell you what. You come after me, and I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to testify 10 times as hard or whatever. Not that you actually can. But I will make sure I will do everything in my power to support Kyle. If that were me. I went through something similar. Because, uh, 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 you know, I, I told the story before that I was on, me, me and my brother had been on trial for disorderly. My brother was charged with disorderly and assault. I was charged with disorderly. And it was a false charge. It was a completely fabricated charge. Some security guards, you know, got a report. They saw us, assumed we were the people. We weren't. So they just started attacking us. And then when they realized they got the wrong guys and were for some very serious civil penalties, they made up fake charges. And the cops went along with it. When we finally, after like several uh, court appearances, we were offered community service. But because my brother was facing six months with assault and I was facing 30 days, I said, I'm going to go to trial and we don't want Chris to get, you know, six months. So he should take the deal. The deal was like 20 hours of community service at our own discretion meant, which, which meant you literally just sign a paper saying you're done at your own discretion. Like no sign off. Just, hey, we're done. Bye. They considered a uh, slap on the wrist. So when we informed, our lawyer informed the judge and the, and the DA that, that I was going to trial, the prosecutor visibly exclaimed, what? And the judge was like, whoa, whoa, calm down. And so then when uh, the, our attorney came back over and said to both of us, like, my brother was like, why is she yelling? And he's like, well, she's upset that, you know, Tim's going to trial with this because they effectively gave you a slap on the wrist to walk. And my brother was like, screw her. I'm going to trial now, too. See, that's the kind of attitude we have. You want to screw with us? You only make it worse for yourself. You want to negotiate? You want to be reasonable? We are reasonable people. You want to start a fight? You get a fight. This dude is a loser who would sell out his own brother because he's scared. Pathetic. And it's people like him as to why the right deserves to lose. Because if, if the right is nothing but people like this guy, then y'all will be rotten away. Which brings me to the next bit here. Rittenhouse trial day two, and it's ongoing. This is going to be interesting. There's a lot of news happening. So people are, you know, there's a lot of news happening. We'll put it that way. Check this out. Bronco writes something interesting. He says, did ADA Binger conspire an unjust prosecution from the start? He says, I must confess and this is probably some kind of reverse ageism on my part. But the moment I saw Detective Martin Howard seated in the witness stand, I thought to myself, holy cow, that guy looks like he's 12. And here's the, here's the image of the guy. He doesn't look 12, but he does look very young. He says, this apparent youth made a lot more sense when ADA Binger asked Howard how long he'd been a detective. And the answer was almost three years. But that also raised questions in my mind. Wait a minute. The events at the center of this trial occurred 15 months ago. That means that at the, same, at the time of this event, the Kenosha Police Department assigned to what was sure to be one of the highest profile cases of its, his, of its history to a detective with fewer than 21 months in that investigatory position a year. 
just almost a, a year, a year and a half or so, just almost not even two years. Wow. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. That seemed well odd. Were there no other senior detectives take the lead on this high profile case that would be sure to attract national, if not international, attention? That background on Howard happened as ADA Binger was having him, having him introduce himself to the jury. However, as, a, as curious as it was to have a detective of such a limited experience given such a high profile case, things got even more curious when defense attorney Mark Richards got a, got a hold of Howard on cross examination. <laughs> Here we go. Apparently, Howard violated a number of the department's normal investigative practices with respect to the case. It's amazing. While being in unusually close and improper communication with ADA Binger himself and remarkably shortly thereafter getting the plum assignment for such an inexperienced detective of being assigned to the lead investigator on the Rittenhouse case. Let's take a closer look at how attorney Richards began to expose what the defense suggests his foul, foul stench. Richards noted, that the investigation had collected a lot of information for the case from people's cell phones, particularly photos, videos, social media, texts, even phone calls. In fact, the investigation was pretty firm about getting that phone data from involved parties as they normally would be in a homicide investigation. Basically, people were brought in for questioning, and when they arrived, they were told they could either provide consent to have their, their phone downloaded, or they could compel the police to get a search warrant and crack the phone. But in any case, they were not leaving with the phone until its data had been downloaded by the police. Apparently, some phones were downloaded with consent and some with warrants. But two phones in particular had interesting twists in how they were handled. The phone of Rittenhouse and the phone of Gage Grosskreutz. In the case of Rittenhouse, the police simply seized his phone. He was, after all, a criminal suspect. Uh, and that, it turned out, however, the phone could not be cracked by the Kenosha PD. Well, that's fine, they thought. We'll just send it off to the FBI. It turned out the FBI also lacked the ability to crack Kyle's phone. Wow, that's, that's amazing. That means that if Kyle had wished, he could have denied consent to download his phone, and the police would have been unable to access the data even with a valid search warrant. Interesting. Because they had no uh, technological means to crack the phone, uh, to crack the phone. So if, so if there was anything Kyle had to hide in his phone, he could have done so, and there would have been nothing that the investigators could have done about it. When this came to the attention of Kyle's attorneys, they consulted with their client and made an offer to the police. They'd simply provide the police the passcode to unlock the phone already in possession, granting them unlimited access to, his, to its data. And all they asked in return was a copy of data for themselves. And that's what happened. That's amazing. Things went differently when it came to Gage Grosskreutz. This is the guy whose arm was blown off. In prep for an in-person meeting, his lawyer and reps from the DA's office, the police investigators obtained a search warrant. Their standard practice was always to gather up phones from people uh, involved in an investigation, download the data. With the search warrant in hand, about which the Grosskreutz uh, Gross, lawyer could have done nothing, they were prepared to do with the Grosskreutz phone what they'd done with every other phone. Despite having the warrant in hand, however, and having his cell phone both present at the meeting, the investigators ended up not serving that warrant, not seizing his phone, and not downloading the contents. Not only was Grosskreutz the only person of interest to the investigation who did not have his phone downloaded, 
He was the only person in Detective Howard's experience of any Kenosha PD investigation ever where a search warrant for a phone was not served. Sound fishy? Ever, they say. So an exceptional breach of standard investigative procedure, indeed. When Richards asked Detective Howard why the search warrant had not been served, the response was that concerns had been raised about Marcy's law. Marcy's law is often referred to a crime victim's rights law. It provides privileges to crime victims, such as notification of criminal proceedings, including any plea, plea bargain, trial sentencing, and parole of the criminal who, who victimized them. More relevant here, it also includes provisions to protect the privacy of crime victims. Here, apparently, it was decided to characterize Grosskreutz as a victim, and second, use that status and its privilege of privacy to excuse him from, excuse him from having his phone subject to a search. He was armed. He approached Rittenhouse armed. They're, they're, they're defending his data. This is an Antifa guy who had posted how he wished he unloaded into Rittenhouse. They had a warrant. They did not serve it. This is amazing. Very, very amazing. It's crazy. They go on to say, you know, one might begin to imagine the ADA Binger's concerns about the law and yada, yada. Did they interview Gage Grosskreutz? Was it recorded? No. And Grosskreutz wasn't the only witness to get specialized treatment. So I don't want to take this, make this uh, video forever, uh, make it last forever. The point is, it seems like there was incompetence, malice. It seems like they know they have no case. And so the only thing they can do is frame everything politically. How can we make him look bad? Let's frame this Gage guy as a victim. Was he a victim? Well, you want to engage in combat with a weapon. I wouldn't call that person a victim. But they're, 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 they're framing him absolutely in that way. They have, I think, I'll throw it to Destiny, the leftist commentator, the clearest cut case of self-defense I've ever seen. And everybody knows it. The left just doesn't care. They want to win. It's all they want. They want to win, regardless of what is right or just. I don't think what happened with Kyle right now was right. I don't think it was just. I think it's unfortunate. And these things happen. There's a lot of people who have said he's a hero for standing up for his community. And I say to myself, you got to understand, look, I wouldn't say hero. I know a lot of people do. And a lot of people have criticized me for not for saying that he's he I, I would because I wouldn't say it. But I, I he's, Kyle, I think, is a good kid. I think he's a good kid who is trying to do right. But there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot of things that I think, it's a fine line, I'll put it that way. But hero, I don't say is the right word, because these are just unfortunate circumstances that, that shouldn't have happened. I guess it's tough. I guess, you know, when you, when you view it from the lens of the police weren't doing anything, people had been injured, buildings were being ransacked, and this kid said, I'm going to do whatever I have to do, people would say, you know, that was heroic. I just think, I don't know. I understand why he went out with the weapon. He, I think humans, I think even children, even children have a right to keep and bear arms. Oh, I love it, right? Where's the, where's the media, the leftist media now say, oh, Tim's crazy. Did the Second Amendment apply to children? The answer is yes. When uh, somebody had a farm back during the time of, of the Second Amendment of the Constitution, do you think that they would be like, oh, son, you're 17 years old and we've, we're dealing with uh, um, a threat to our family. You can't have this weapon. No. They'd be like, you're 12, son. You're nearly a man. Go stop that wolf. 
or something. Not really. You get the point. They'd be like, take the weapon and go stop the fox from getting in the hen house. That doesn't mean Kyle Rittenhouse should have been out there with the weapon. As much as there were problems down there, what do you, I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. I don't think that um, Kyle was wrong to defend himself. I don't think he was wrong to keep in bare arms. I just think there's a big difference between being like, I'm going to go out and provide medical assistance to rioters and, and that. I, I, actually, you know what? You know what? I should stop. I think when you take everything in consideration, Kyle was, was acting heroically. And what I mean by that was going out and wanting to provide aid to rioters, putting out the fire from those rioters, that was all heroic. I don't think fleeing, actually, no, I think fleeing was heroic too. And then I think what happened with the shooting was, was horrifying. Everybody, it's just, it's not so simple. A lot of people, I don't know, man. I just don't, I just don't have it in me to say, like, <sighs> these are tough circumstances. Just not, it's just, I think the violence is all wrong, you know? It's, it's a challenge because I look at, like, the, the, what are we supposed to do when people are burning down buildings and smashing windows and pushing dumpsters into gas stations? And it's like, that's all wrong. And then defending yourself isn't. What else can be said? I think Kyle's going to win. I didn't think so before, but I'm starting to lean that way now. It all depends on what happens. Will there be riots? It's happening in winter. This is very, very uh, beneficial to the defense. Rioters ain't going to come out when it's cold in Wisconsin. And if the rioters don't come out, the jurors will be fine. And if the jurors feel fine, Kyle Rittenhouse is going to walk. We'll see how it plays out. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash TimCast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply.